To what extent is, is podcasting therapy for you? I think 100%. Yeah. I think... Uh, what eventually attracted you to become a podcast host? I think that was like the early vlog times. Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Casey Neistat, of course, like started vlogging. And I think I was like so blown away of this. I assume the bills didn't go away though. I mean, you live in Amsterdam. That's even in the, the farthest part out. It's not cheap. How do you then... How do you how do you overbridge that part? If in three months or two months time I don't have a new client, then I do have a problem. I need yeah. to search for another job. Yeah. Take a look behind the scenes. Like it's, it's the same with podcasting as well, right? Yeah. Everything that you do, it looks very glamorous from from the outside. What they don't see is that you sit in your living room at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday evening and start to edit episodes because your guest canceled and said like, oh, I, I don't like the episode. I don't want to, it to get live. Then the passion that keeps you going or you quit. So, Marcus. I find it important to start all of my podcasts with the exact same question because I feel like it establishes how the conversation usually is going to continue. And that question is, are you happy? Definitely. I'm very, very happy. Um, yesterday... No, two days ago, I got engaged. Congratulations. So, <laughs> wow. Like, there's not much more happiness, I think, that, exactly. you can get, that you can get out of me. But also in general, I think uh, I'm always happy. That's uh, trying to always stay positive with whatever I do. Uh, and I think that's also like pretty much like how I would characterize myself if someone would ask me like uh, how I would describe myself. Then I think like most of the time, happy. Yeah. So what, in your opinion, is required to live a happy life? Um... Focus on the simple things. I think that's one of the most important, yeah, I think one of the most important things that you can do in life. There are so many distractions in our life, uh, social media, phone, uh, and a lot of times we spend m way too much time behind the phone, behind the screen, behind something, uh, and we watch things happen from the second row. Um, I've, I've been to the Colbert concert in, in Paris, and I think this was, again, like a really good example of like seeing how people actually experience things. Uh, yeah. So it's like a really cool concert with a lot of light show, amazing music. But there are people that sit there and, and just film it and basically watch it through their second screen. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, yeah, that, that really blows my mind. I've also taken pictures, I've taken videos, yeah. but not like for two hours because you're not never going to look at it again. But you, it's a complete different experience of like, yeah, like feeling the music, feeling the vibe. Yeah. And I do think that people do that also like in general with like life. That is a lot of times they um, are just spectators to their life rather than yeah, like yeah. actively take a part in making decisions. Yeah. I, uh, I actually had the exact same or have the same feeling. I'm a pretty diehard Martin Garrix fan. Uh, meaning you'll always find me in the front row if I'm at a Martin Garrix concert. Yeah. But I then get so annoyed by all the people who are indeed then constantly filming. I think I once heard someone say, the only reason why people do that is to prove to other people that they were there. Otherwise, why are you taking these videos the yeah. whole time? Because as you say, 90% of the time, you're not listening back to it anyway or watching exactly. it Exactly. Like uh, you watch maybe one or two for social media, but that's that's about it, right? That, but yeah. like you're not going to watch the whole, maybe your favorite song you want to have recorded. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I do think it's a good um, like metaphor basically for life because those are also probably the people that 
yeah, just watch their life happen and, and they may be sad or miserable saying like, oh, like uh, everything is happening to me. Yeah. Uh, but rather like taking like part in your, your life actively. And I think this is what a happy life really does. If you uh, make decisions, if you uh, make active decisions of like, I want to do this or that, or I don't want to do this. Uh, I learn how to say no. Uh, I value myself. And I think those are really important parts of uh, yeah, making life decisions to or like making decisions to a, to a happier life, I think. Yeah. So you already touched on it a bit briefly, but then what, in your opinion, makes you happy? Mm. Your girlfriend, you already stated. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> fio the fiance, fiance, I should say now. The fiance, uh, of course, I have a dog, which makes me absolutely happy. Um, I think he brings or brought a lot of uh, joy in, in, in our life. Um, I think learned, like taught us many, many valuable lessons. Um, I think business makes me very happy. Um, like starting my own company made me very, very happy. Uh, of course, if everyone around us is, is, is healthy, is is, is good. Yeah. If if my friends are crushing me, uh, crushing it, that makes me very happy as well. Um, but but I do think, yeah, well, of course, personal health, like uh, th those parts are all like part part of it. But I think it's kind of like this combination between like having like a strong like family background um, together with like. Yeah, doing things that you really want to do, uh, starting your own business, um, like exploring different ideas, uh, maybe founding a couple of companies, uh, yeah. finding friends in new cities, in new countries. And I think, yeah, like I'm now here in the Netherlands since almost 10 years, I think, uh, or seven, eight years. Uh, I think that also shows a little bit like that, yeah, that makes me happy, like meeting new people, going out. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. a happy life. So you already touched on it a little bit there. Uh, I have this guiding hypothesis, hypothesis for this podcast that passion equals purpose, in my opinion. Now, with that being said, how would you describe your passion? Mm, I'm, I think I'm passionate about uh, telling stories. <laughs> um, I think... I've, when I was very small, uh, my mom always used to say that I kind of like build up like pedestals or build something up where I could stand on and, and say something, right? Or if I would be at the family table at the dinner, I would stand on the bench to like say something. Like I would always announce things. I would always be loud. Um, and I would also always go to our neighbors to, to tell stories um, what happened in our family. Um, my mom didn't like that because the neighborhood was always very informed about everything that was happening in our family. <laughs> but uh, I think this is really something that uh, is kind of like a, a red thread uh, through my life. Like I always was so interested in like actually like the people and the stories behind them. And I love to to tell it. And like, yeah, back in the days, uh, in the mid age, like I think I would have been this kind of like storyteller that would move from like city to city to say like, well, have you seen what they do? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the work that I'm doing with the podcast, um, but also the podcast agency, I think this is exactly yeah, what I'm doing. I'm, I'm telling stories from other companies. Uh, I'm telling stories um, myself with my guests. So, and I think that, yeah, that's for me, like my passion uh, to, to, yeah, to tell stories and inspire others to, to tell stories as well, because I think that's all we have as, as humans, right? We are, we are thriving on stories. Like everything that we have, we build, we are, is basically built on a certain story, right? Is it um, based on uh, religion? Um, it's maybe based on your heritage. It's maybe based on, um, I don't know, hobbies like football or whatever. So yeah. it's always kind of like DNA and stories that um, yeah shape you as a person, right? 
Um, and I'm not saying like, because stories sometimes have this negative connotation of like being untrue, um, like, oh, he's a storyteller. But yeah. I do think, yeah, the Bible is also in the end, like it's a, a, a lot of stories that have been told and written down yeah. what happened uh, a couple of thousand years ago. Yeah, that's a, I think, a very nice way to put it then that you're a storyteller of even other people's stories, I guess. Yeah. Um, are there downsides to chasing this passion? Well, I think every passion has downsides, for sure. I think, um, like some, for me, I sometimes get too lost. I think in in uh, in, in stories and work, um, which is of course a downside to like overpace, um, to not look after your health, to not look after your, yeah, maybe like your eating habits. And I think, especially when you start a business, when you are like um, starting off. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes like the past year that I now look back and like think, wow, this is in so many books. I've read this before over and over again. Should do this, you should do that, shouldn't do this. But I still did it anyways because I think it's just a normal form of like founding. It's a normal form of um, building a company that you have to make those mistakes yourself to feel it and then you can move on and learn from it. Um, and I think this is a downside um, of my passion is, of course, like um, yeah, not looking after yourself uh, because you have to stay very sharp uh, to run a business, to to yeah, be able to to yeah, bring food to the table, let's yeah. say, um, and create an existence. I think that was like one of the things that I've done not done in a long time because I was so stressed of, oh, I have to create another deal. I have to find a new client. Yeah, I have to yeah, do this. Yeah that you kind of forget those very crucial parts of your life and then yeah. you have low energy you you don't have like a uh, kind of like exhaust where you just pull out uh, push out all the the negative energy yeah and then it's kind of like this upside down spiral which like you're not then you wake up the next day you're still tired you you don't and your eat business well. actually suffers as a result exactly of it. Yeah. yeah and i think that this is a very big danger that uh, i see a lot of people go through and um, that start businesses um not particularly like uh, podcast businesses, but I think just in general, uh, that kind of like this, yeah, looking after yourself and uh, really focusing on uh, what do I need as a human, like what are the basic human needs. Yeah. And if this is not given, then it kind of like paralyzes you and you're not able to do anything else anymore. Um, and I think that's a very high danger. And that's why, I don't know, nine out of 10 startups fail. Yeah. So what are you then doing to deal with that? personally at the moment um i took a business coach um okay. i think this was one of the best decisions that i've made in a very long time um we had now a couple of sessions and it already helps so much uh, to have like a partner in crime that is kind of like on your side but also not uh, that looks very critical on on things you you do um and i think that this is a really a part that helped me a lot um to yeah to focus um and uh, he always says uh, choose a game and play to win okay and I think that this is, um, yeah, this kind of like sports metaphor works very well. I'm, I love sports. So <laughs> yeah. like that, that, that works also for me very well from a, from a like motivational standpoint. But I also think that um, like those kind of like parts, uh, this kind of like structure that you are obviously missing, uh, that this is really important. So like focus, structure um, and consistency, I think are the most important things to kind of like balance that out. Consistency, like yeah. to eat healthy doesn't mean that you always have to eat healthy. You can also eat pizzas and burgers. That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Um, to work out, uh, not more than, uh, not less than, than every second day. 
Um, and if you have like those kind of like basics given already, uh, like to write to-do lists in the evening, and I have kind of like this, uh, I'm not sure it's called like seven seven point to-do list or something. Mm -hmm. So like the seven most important tasks I'm writing down uh, like basically in the morning. And then the most important task is like number one, and then I work through yeah, them. Yeah. And then in the evening, I fill up this list with another like three, four, five, like de depending on how much yeah. I, I managed. Yeah. So I always have like the most important tasks like on top again. What I want to do that exactly. day. Exactly. And yeah. that, that's for, that works for me like very well. Uh, and I think that this is like a little bit like the combination, like focus, consistency, um, and balance. Yeah. Very nicely said. There are some points in there, but I'll get back to those sure. later. Um, so going back a little bit, obviously you followed uh, study and leisure. Then you ended up working actually in marketing. I think you freelanced a bit in between to then become a podcast host. And now you're even building out your own company as a podcast consultant. It seems like you've already in relatively short time had quite a few paths, if we call them that, that you yeah. decided to travel down to. Um, what eventually attracted you to become a podcast host? I mean, you spoke about you enjoy telling stories. At what point did that happen, though? That you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now. Yeah, I think that was like the early vlog times, uh, 2015, where like Jon Olsen, um, I think, uh, yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Casey Neistat, of course, like started vlogging, and I think I was like so blown away of this kind of like, oh, we also have to create a vlog. How, how to do it so together with a couple of other uh, students we said like oh we are also creating our own uh, kind of company and uh, create our cool project um, but I realized pretty quickly that like this kind of like following through is really a quality that not a lot of people have so we started with three um, then one guy and then it came to like create making investments right buying a camera buying mm. this yeah, buying yeah, gear yeah. and then people were like oh i talked with my parents and they think it's not a good idea and then we were like two and then uh, at one point when we had to buy it like i bought it and then like i was alone so then um i did nothing with it i did a couple of videos i learned how to edit um and which was afterwards really nice because i think that laid so much groundwork for everything I've done later that I was a creative guy with yeah. marketing experience but I could also do operational work like edit images on, on Photoshop and Premiere Pro and edit the videos and so that helped me a lot so I'm yeah. very thankful about this also yeah, like exactly. a really really uh, good um, like tip for, for everyone who is like a young starter uh, learn as many skills as possible like yeah. uh, learn I don't know how to edit a video like with YouTube videos there are so many nice videos out there learn how to edit a picture all those kind of like skills help you so much later in the working life to to make it and to be like a, a added value where sorry to interrupt, where, were there any of those essential skills that you actually learned in school or was everything on mm, your own no, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything yeah, yeah. now because in leisure like of course like uh, basic marketing skills like you learn um, in, in your study but I'm I'm generally not such a big fan of like the academic like way Structure, like I've, yeah. I was always more like um, an operational like focused guy that I I'm have a, like a very bad habit of not like listening too much to what someone says so if someone says oh the door is closed I'm the guy who has to like check myself like oh, maybe I can open it yeah. right and I think that very much shows already like uh, my, yeah, my yeah. characteristics a little bit so I'm uh, for example I went to the Netherlands because I I was sure that in Germany I would have never be able to finish a study because if there would be one person telling like okay this is it basically like I'm gonna give you a lecture of two hours you have to study it and you have an exam on that that doesn't work and I think in the Netherlands with uh, probably 
human-based learnings, with group work, with all those kind of like elements that they have in the educational system, it works much better in terms of like exploring your perfect answer rather than getting the perfect answer served. And then I have, we had this name, 301, uh, that was always kind of this project name, like 301 uh, like videos, and um, that was a company name. Yeah. And um, then I did a couple of interviews in video format, uh, three minutes and one second. So that's why it's called 301 Studios. Um, and then later uh, in the pandemic, I've got really like a big passion for listening to podcasts. So I, I was commuting quite a lot. I was traveling quite a lot in my jobs. Uh, and every time when I was on a train, on the plane or anywhere else, I always listened to podcasts. So, and I love this medium so much that you can basically consume passively. Like you don't have to interact with anything but you can consume so much like value and you can like withdraw so much value out of every single podcast that you listen to. And um, then at one point I was like, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. And I had this idea for a very long time and I started way too late. Uh, so it was really another learning, like just get started, right? So a lot of like times like ideas without execution is worth nothing, right? And I have so many ideas that I want to do and so many things that I want to do even now, but it, now I have to like focus on yeah building a, an agency and building the podcast agency and all the nice, cool, crazy podcasts with influencers and whatever like you can do at one point when you have made it already, right? Yeah. And I think that this is really something that um, yeah that I learned I think over the years that you always like need to kind of like focus down uh, or focus and then uh, get started. So yeah, that was a li little bit like the the way uh, of uh, getting into into podcasting. So getting all these podcast guests, it's quite a time-consuming job, obviously. You have to like research the guests, you have to see who fits what I'm trying to tell, then you have to reach out, then you have to hope they respond. Then that is like before, and then you actually go there, you film or, or online, whatever it is. Either way, you still have to record, yeah. prepare the interviews and post-edit and eventually launch. It's it's very time consuming. Yes, sir. How do you manage to stay motivated to yeah, keep putting out content? Like what's keeping you going there? I think it's I mean uh, I I think there were like some stories where I launched a podcast from a guest and um I get a message from him later and he says because of your podcast I reconnected with my father again. Wow. Because my father never understood what I uh, did, actually. Yeah. And now he does because you ask questions and he never really like ask like ask himself like oh what is he doing? But then he kind of understood like his son better. And I think yeah. like those are the message that or, like those are the messages that you want to get. And I think those are the things why you do it because yeah. of like helping people or uh, if you meet someone and someone says like oh, I listen to your podcast and you think like, how is that even possible? Yeah, because like this friend and, the, and I think that's why you do it. Like yeah. kind of like my goal was always like, if I can help one person, then it already paid off, right? Yeah. And along the way, the more listeners you get, you get 500, you get 1,000 listeners, you get 5,000, you get 10,000 listeners. Along the way, you forget that, right? Yeah. And then you kind of like just start chasing the numbers. You try start chasing. Oh, I didn't get. I only got hundred likes on this picture. I, oh, why? Why no one listens to that podcast? I only got three hundred downloads. But then, if you actually think about it, that three hundred people listen to forty-five minutes of content, it's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you would see three hundred people in front of you every single week, because this is what a podcast is doing. You yeah. put out content every single week. Yeah. It would be amazing. 
And every marketeer would actually be very happy about it because if you look at other content formats that are out there, like TikTok with 15 seconds, 7 seconds uh, attention span with uh, YouTube that have 50-60% um, um, like watch-through rate, rate yeah. websites that are like 2-3 minutes of duration that people are on your website, 45 minutes is like a crazy long period yeah. that people consume your content. And I think like this is what really keeps me going on like kind of like meeting those inspirational people, um, yeah, finding it out. And even, for example, um, when I had my own podcast, I, I every guest that I had, I got super inspired. I went yeah. home and I was like, wow, I'm going to edit this immediately. Exactly. I fell in bed like one, two o'clock in the night because I was super tired. But I had this urge of like, I really need to listen back. I, I want yeah. to like experience this again. And then it's like very fresh, everything. You rem remember everything, like you know exactly yeah, where, yeah, where to exactly. do the, the, yeah. the cuts. But also with the podcast business, it's the same, right? Like you now work together with clients, they invite guests and those guests also tell stories and it's absolutely amazing what they tell you. So even that's maybe not your industry or not your field of expertise, but you sit in with listening to, I don't know, serial entrepreneurs, to CEOs, to whatever, like kind of people. Like this is basically a live podcast that I've done like for free years ago yeah, um, exactly. And now I'm getting paid sitting there having yeah. like a live podcast, creating this insane network of uh, CEOs and, and business owners and, yeah. and creatives um, while doing this and while getting paid. So like, I mean, it's I think ideal. it's obvious, obvious <laughs> ideal, like yeah, why, yeah. why I'm still motivated. Yeah. Right? yeah. You actually basically already answered at least my next question because I, I have written down here, do the stats ever get in the way? 100%. Uh, it, it's always like this, right? So um, when when you get when you start, you are thankful about every second, like every single download you get. Exactly. Uh, and once this kind of like threshold like passes and you get a certain amount of downloads, you get 50, you get 100, you get 200, and then you kind of like expect like 200 to be the standard or 300 to be the standard exactly. or 500 to yeah. be the standard. And at one point, um, like you get sad when it's only 350. But yeah. then again, like, you know, so, and I think, um, again, this is, I think, like this human like behavior of um, always like wanting to yeah experience things like in this kind of like second row, and I think that's the same thing. Rather than saying like, well, I did an amazing job of a podcast, three hundred people listen to it, or fifty. Let's go back to the beginning where I wanted yeah. to help one single person. Yeah. So if one single person listened to it, then it's absolutely amazing. And you never know who listens. I think that's also the, the beauty, right? Um, uh, there was uh, one podcaster, uh, no, no, a YouTuber. Um, and he, um, I forgot his name, and he started uh, YouTubing basically and then he had like uh, 17 views or something like this and one of them was Peter McKinnon. So basically this guy reached out to him and said like, wow, you have an amazing YouTube channel, should we do a video together? And then afterwards he blew up because he was like hanging out with Peter McKinnon and yeah, everything. Yeah. So you also never know who is watching like and who is consuming your content. So even if it's like one person or two people, yeah, that that might be like your next client or that might be like someone that wants to work with you. So, yeah. you know, like that that keeps you going on, like keeps on, like yeah, yeah, keeps you creating and keeps you like also mentally like uh, fresh, uh, I think, to, to yeah. do things. Very nice. For, um, or the reason why I, I ended up starting this podcast is actually as a certain form of therapy in the sense of, I finally finished my master and it was probably the biggest anticlimax I had ever because I get my diploma and now more than ever <laughs> do I have no idea what I actually, actually want to do with my life. Yeah. And upon questioning this among my friends and eventually actually focus groups as well, I realized I'm not the only one. 
right? So what I then thought, hey, why don't I just go talk to people who at least are very passionate about one specific thing? And to a certain extent, that makes this podcast kind of my therapy. To what extent is, is podcasting therapy for you? I think 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I, th I can really relate also with this loneliness and confusion that you get after you get your academic degree because even though that it kind of liberates you it also narrows you down quite a lot um, and for me like I had this kind of liberation so now I can do whatever I want yeah and it was amazing so on the, on the one hand I was thinking like oh I can work in marketing I can work in I don't know as an account manager I can work in like I don't know finance like in the end like you can work in a lot of different uh, companies I can work for a tech company I can go into crypto I can go everywhere I want to go into sports yeah But then again, like the... It's overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then you start maybe a job. And then like my, my dream was always to become a sports manager and, and like be in the big clubs and become the president and blah, blah. Yeah. But then I started to work in, in, in sports. And even though that I loved it, but like the more you take a look behind the scenes, the more I realized I don't enjoy the sports as much as I did before. Because uh, when you then, when there's like a game in a stadium, but you're like down in the office and then you are like, okay, let's me finish this email and then let's see about the kickoff. And then I had this like feeling of going out like after the kickoff. So then you missed the choreography, like all those kind of yeah. things. And it felt a little bit unnatural at one point. And it felt a little bit like, wow, I, I'm, I'm losing, losing my passion here, right? Yeah. So then I thought, okay, it's nice, like time for like a next step. So I moved on and then I, I went to like a, like a startup that, that ultimately failed. Um, then I, I moved on to the, to the car industry, uh, which was like a car startup and experienced this kind of like, it was a startup, but in the end, I think it was still very corporate. Okay, yeah. Um, And then I realized like this, this is a, so I don't want to work in sports. I don't want to work in a corporate, like what am I doing? And I think if you're constantly saying like, oh, you could do this better, you could do that better, you could improve this, you could do improve this, then at one point you also have to prove it that, yeah. you, that you can do it, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's, I think when I like decided to start like the, my own, my own business. Right. So I can very much like relate to this kind of like, yeah, like confusion and like feeling of like oh, uh, overwhelm overwhelming feeling of I can do everything. Yeah. Uh, I think one way is to really explore what you want to do, uh, explore as much as possible, um, but also try to focus. And I think focus is really th something that our generation really uh, lacks because we yeah. have all the opportunities we can now even like it even got more it got added like oh now it's remote working yeah i can work from home now yeah, i can yeah. work from everywhere more more i don't i don't even have to be like this. so yeah. it gets even more difficult because like what speaks against a life in bali uh, working for i don't know like um, a finance company or like whatever And yeah. you you just work from Bali as a like freelance or something yeah. like nothing speaks against that right there are many downsides to this as well of course but it it seems just so tempting so like why should I be I don't know live in Amsterdam or in Berlin or in London and pay a lot of money for my rent and uh, go to the office every day like am I stupid or you know and I think this all adds to this kind of like general concept of a of a very confused generation that doesn't really know where to move and what to do and I think focus really really helps there a lot. There were twice now that or points I want to ask about. On the one hand, the football, right? You go into football because you think you have a passion for that and then realize it's it's not quite what you expected, basically. And 
equally for this topic of where do I want to live. And, you know, I have the opportunity, thanks to remote work, now to work from anywhere. Why would I stay in Amsterdam? To what extent do the, I guess, societal pressures, and I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but the, the part about football, I realize that a lot of people, they also follow football because their friends follow football or their parents are in it, you know, that sort yeah. of stuff. Has that part ever played a role in it? Also, with you then deciding to stay in Amsterdam, do you like? Do you feel as if that part is actually part of who you are, or is it just oh, I've grown into this person? Mm. Know what I mean? Yeah, like the nature versus nurture a little bit. Kind of, yeah. I think, of course, like my father was like a huge football fan. Um, I started playing football when I was four or something. So, like, ob obviously, I think this like. Um, Like, I'm not saying it's a downside. No, by no, the way, like, but just, uh, just uh, not, not, not at all. But I'm, I'm just thinking like right now, if it's like, um, I think Nate, I'm, I'm very passionate about football, right? I think I played football until I was 22 or 23, um, and basically, yeah. If you always play, I also played, I think, quite good leagues in in, in Germany, like nothing professional. Of course, that was always the dream, um, and yeah. Then of course you have like training three times a week. You have the games. You and if you do that over, I don't know, 20 years or yeah. 19 years, yeah. then you Built definitely yeah, then, yeah. And then you definitely have a passion exactly, for something, yeah, right? Yeah. If you never yeah. like ask yourself like, oh, can you spend a, a Sunday a Sunday or differently on than on the, like the football field? Um, and then of course when I went to the Netherlands like it changed a little bit and like studying and like starting yeah. to work but I always wanted to work in sports like this was always like my dream and I still could see me ending up there at one point maybe Yeah. but um, yeah I, I think you know you just lose your sometimes yeah it's with everything I think if you yeah. like take a look behind the scenes like it's the same with podcasting as well right yeah, everything yeah. that you do it looks very glamorous from from the outside like oh he has everything that I wanted like he has a podcast he has this and then <laughs> <laughs> when you actually do this like you said it yourself before yeah. you said it's a lot of work it's a lot of and and then of course what they don't see is that you sit in your living room at 12 o'clock and on a tuesday evening and start to edit episodes because your guest canceled and said like oh i, I don't like the episode i don't want to, it to get live yeah so you have to like uh, i don't know maybe record a, another podcast very on short notice with someone you're exactly. not prepared it's one o'clock in the night and then you go to sleep and you have to get up and maybe do your normal job or do whatever. Yeah. But this is like this unglamorous side that you don't see. So I think every single time when you look behind the curtains, you realize it's not as glamorous, it's not as nice as, as it actually like seems. And no. it's then the passion that keeps you going or you quit. Yeah, I exactly. Think those yeah. are the two, the two options. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm going to skip ahead to a question I actually had planned at the end, but again, you touched on it a few times already. So obviously the podcast called The Quarter Life Crisis. Did you have a quarter life crisis? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, there was like, one, like I, I started to to work in a startup um, where I think things were not as legit as it seemed like in the beginning. Yeah. And I think that there I learned a lot about uh, like looking into... Uh, your contracts, uh, making sure you have a contract, making sure you get paid on time. Um, because a lot of times I think you kind of like accept things just because you want to move quickly and you want to move fast. And I'm someone that gets very much influenced by success. 
Yeah. Or I maybe used to be was uh, used to be someone. Getting better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when someone was saying like, wow, I have this amazing, and, and that happens a lot in, in business life. I have this amazing chance and uh, if you do this and this and this, then you can earn that much. Or if you join my, my course, then within three, three weeks, I can create 10,000 euro income for you every month. And I think I, I'm very open for those kind of offers, like this fast success and everything. And I think that kind of was something that led me into a situation where I should not be uh, like working with people that uh, actually build me down, tell yeah. me like, you're not creative, you're not, uh, you, you should be an account manager, you're never a business owner. The money's not there. Exactly. It's and, in sales. Yeah, and, 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 if, and if you get told the same kind of um, phrase over and over again, you're not creative, you're not this, you're not this, you start to believe it. You start yeah. to believe yeah, it yeah, in yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like maybe, Maybe I am not that creative. Maybe I am not like this smart that I maybe thought. Um, well, not, not that I did, but yeah. And I think that this is really something that uh, like led me a little bit into this quarter life crisis. So then I kind of like started to to take like a job in in, in like a like a, a car startup basically, and yeah, kind of lived a little bit more like this this corporate life, right? Yeah. While I always had this passion to to get started yeah. and like one and a half year passed and I postponed my podcast over and over again. Oh, I'm going live. Like I have to mm. record more and then I'm going live there. Oh, I still have to uh, think about the equipment. Then I still need to think. So there were always like parts that excuses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And at yeah. one point I said like, no, let's go live on 1st of April. Yeah. And then everything pointed to this direction. And then even though that I maybe was not ready at one point, I just went live with it and just, uh, just went with it. Exactly. And it was yeah. the best decision that I've ever made. Yeah. And I think that those uncomfortable like decisions that you that makes you sleepless nights, that makes you like really think about life differently, I think those are exactly the decisions that actually um, accelerate your life and actually um yeah make make change in your life. And all those small decisions, those small uh maybe I'm gonna I don't know, wake up ten minutes earlier or something like this will yeah. not matter. Like the more no. uncomfortable the decision, the better the outcome. Yeah. And um, I think that this really kind of like put me into like a very, like into kind of like a quarter life crisis where I was like really searching myself and really um, maybe still, like I'm still a little bit searching myself. I think yeah. that's, a, that's also part of it. Yeah. But I could really realize, for example, when I was starting my business, because I started kind of like registering a business and then I had already like one client that I helped cr uh, producing a podcast because naturally, if you have a podcast, people ask you like, hey, can you help me here? Can you help me here? And then all of a sudden, your agenda is full of like helping people, right? Then you think, oh, maybe I should monetize it. Then you start reaching out to like, hey, uh, maybe you should, uh, yeah, maybe I should also charge you something. And all of a sudden, no one needed help anymore, right? So for free, help is always welcome. If you have to monetize it, then it's difficult. Yeah. But I also didn't really have an official business, right? Right. Um, and then I started to register business, but I had zero clients. So then I was like searching for like clients, clients, clients. And um, there was one person, um, it was actually a billionaire, uh, that I had a really, really cool talk with about a podcast concept about everything. And then he said to me like, but how does it uh, look like? You have a full-time job I saw on your LinkedIn profile and you have this business. So how are you going to do this? And I said like, so if you sign then I will quit, kind of. And then he said to me, like, okay, let me give you, like, one business advice. I like your idea. I like everything that you've done. And I would normally, naturally, want to go in business with you. But because this if-when scenario doesn't exist in business, 
Yeah. So either you commit or you don't. Yeah. And and I think that this was really like such a valuable lesson and like such a wake up call for me that I thought like okay like this is how it works. And I think I had the same kind of experience over and over with many clients that they were like ah okay but if this guy still works in a company like can he then deliver? And even though if I could have, they just didn't do it. And then the moment I I, I quit and the moment I like full time went for it and said like mm. I have my business now I'm mm. gonna do it. That was the moment that like clients started to come in and say like, oh wow, you have a cool business now. Yeah. So it's also like a little bit as kind of like business owners, like a small community that you t- always try to help others, right? That they, they start something and yeah, they know yeah. exactly yeah. how you feel. Yeah. So they, yeah, then they maybe give you like a small deal and say like, yeah. Yeah, okay, come, like uh, you can do a small podcast for me. And I think that this was really something that um, yeah helped me a lot, like to go get over this this like personal crisis of uh, thinking oh maybe i'm not creative maybe i'm not this maybe i'm not this but still then or maybe still now but it's really changing now i was still doing things like everyone else i was always saying like when i was working for like corporates or working for other companies like oh you have to do this different or you like always the same like boring things always the same reach out on linkedin like hey they want to do business with me but i was doing the exact same thing right yeah yeah so like what changed like the it's yeah. it's all about self confidence it's all about like okay do i want to go the extra mile or do i want to like play with all the other like fish in the sea and i think that this is like a little bit kind of like the yeah the the mindset i think that shifted in the past couple of months to yeah. to really like stand out to really do uh, things not the usual way to send video messages to to clients uh, to make mock up podcasts and yeah. send it to them um to have i don't know to send them to put like a a banner in their in their office and and say like well this should be your podcast ad things like that yeah, right yeah. and that makes it exciting because yeah. then people can actually like experience it and feel it like Ah, okay. So we want to work with this young uh, guy that brings in like something new, yeah. And not, otherwise, I can just work together with my marketing agency because they, well, they can also press record on a on, yeah. a, on an audio uh, recording because it's nothing else, right? Yeah. But I think what separates you from other people is like the creativity, your personal energy, and like your kind of like new inspiration that you can bring into like a company. So you eventually make that step to say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. I'm just gonna try. I assume the bills didn't go away, though. I mean, you live in Amsterdam. That's even in the, the farthest part out. It's not cheap. How do you then? How do you? How do you overbridge that part? How do you say? Um, where does the money come from? For example, because I know I, I I agree. At some point, you just have to say, commit, do it already. But bills still got to be paid, and I think that's what stops a lot of people from either committing or following their passion is like, yeah, but I got to put food on the table. Where is it coming yeah. from? Or was it already at a state that you could say, I, no, I, think I quit? It was a little bit like on the edge. Like I, I did have like a couple of months of um, like uh, savings, savings and everything yeah. that, that, and I like the, the week I quit, like one week before I started, like my, my new company, I signed my first client. So I already had like this kind of like new client plus some savings. So I kind of was safe. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that was like the best approach, to be honest, because it's just what worked for you. Yeah. Well, I I also think it, it was a little bit maybe like a negative point because I, I was so successful in the beginning. I thought that it's going to be like this kind of like mm. self-running business. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, easy. Like, wow, <laughs> I didn't even start. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. And, and I, I kind of like also got a little bit maybe like arrogant or a little bit cocky even, yeah. you know, to say like, well, I, wow, this is easy. Yeah. Like running a business. But then like uh, uh, I put all my baskets basically into uh, like running an operational business and and uh, like putting a lot of uh, like effort 
effort into recordings and, and content creation and all those kind of things. And I was running it on my own. But then I was realizing like, okay, like maybe I should outsource some parts. Maybe I should, because um, yeah, if you have a business, like it's not always the best if you spend six or 10 hours like editing an episode, uh, maybe it's better to outsource this and you search for new clients. And I think that this was a really big mistake that I did in the beginning right. that I was really focusing on, on, yeah, on like all the operational work because you can always hide behind operational work. Like yeah. I'm, I'm doing this because that needs to be done, right? Yeah. But um, uh, you don't work like on strategy. You don't work on new clients, new business, business development, and those kind of things, mm. which are much much more important, of course, for for yourself and for the business or the success of the business. Yeah. And then I think that was then like the next stage of like the the company that. I had like a client, everything was perfect, but then I didn't really search for other clients anymore. So all of a sudden it was like, wow, the money is like getting less yeah, <laughs> and yeah. less and less yeah. and less. And then you kind of like start to get very nervous and you get kind of like then again, this upside down spiral, yeah. you start working out, you stop eating healthy, you you only focus on, on client work, but you're also very uninspiring because you write the same LinkedIn message to hundreds of, of whatever, like content marketing managers, CMOs uh, in the Netherlands in their businesses. Um, so where's the innovation? Where's the creativity? Where's like this? Yeah. And yeah. I think that financial pressure is definitely uh, one of the most threatful pressures that you can have yeah. for sure in a business because it paralyzes you. Literally, exactly. like you cannot... You cannot think straight because you only care, like or like wonder how am I gonna pay the next bill? How it was not this bad that like it was you know like I don't know that I was almost on the street or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could feel this kind yeah, of like pr- yeah. pressure building up of like saying like if in three months or two months time I don't have a new client, then I do have a problem. I need yeah. to search for another job. Yeah. And I think that this is um, yeah something like really valuable, you know. So but to, I do feel like, or at least from the way you tell it, it relates back to what you said earlier that at some point you have to reach these deep points because it forces you to come up with a solution because yeah. the only other option is quitting, giving up. Exactly. And that wasn't an option. Yeah. So exactly. It's, yeah. It yes, it forces you into this corner, I guess, and then it's trying to come up with creative ideas. Okay, how am I going to get these? other guys and yeah. clearly you indicate that the way to do that is be creative about marketing and don't send them another LinkedIn message that they get from everyone but come up with something exactly stand out new. because like when you when I'm engaged in, in a message then most of the time it's not a message it's like hey I just wanted to check in okay like why I don't know you like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah thanks but, but, but <laughs> the funny thing is that like when you receive it you're kind of annoyed but like you were doing the same thing and it's yeah. the same with many companies with many marketing campaigns yeah. they always talk about the other companies like oh this is not creative this is not creative but what are they doing? Like, do they are they doing something different? Okay, maybe your ads have some different visuals. They look maybe the same, but are you really standing out? So you already touched on it a few times that focus is essential, right? But, and I think that was then also what led me to starting the podcast. In a world where you have literally so many choices, how do you decide what path is eventually right? Do you have any advice there on finding the focus? I mean, the focus is one thing, but... How do you determine what to focus on? Um, I think one good part to start a company is always like to think how I would leave the company. Okay. So, so what could be, for example, what could I sell, right? Because a lot of people, I think, they start companies and they don't really have, they are, it's very dependent on their network or their expertise or their whatever. So basically you have to do this for the rest of your life, you have to do this company. 
or you have to do this business or this service that you're providing. And um, if you want to build like a profitable business, I think you should always focus on like what could be a potential value that I could, for example, sell. Uh, in my case, if I have a, like a podcast company and I have um, 15 clients, they work together with me, everything is, is nice and fun. But if I'm not there, what happens with the company? Exactly. You know? yeah, and yeah. I think that, that, that this is something that you have to do that helps really to find focus. So like um, also looking a little bit in an unromantic way on like what is profitable. Um, and I think that this is a lot of times people are too much like driven by ideas. Um, like in co-working spaces, like every week, basically you talk with someone who has an amazing idea that has never been done before. Right. And that has to do with focus. Like you can jump on it and say like, oh, wow, I like this idea. Maybe I should help him. Maybe I should contribute. Or you focus on your own and you say like, I'm really focusing on the things that are first and foremost profitable. And if I then have more time, then I can cool, do cool things. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm very sure I could do very cool podcast concepts with influencers, creators, with whatever. But they also have a business to run, right? So yeah. the budget that they have for like marketing or for anything else is very little. Yeah. So they could pay me not enough to for me to be successful. And of course, maybe it helps you eventually to grow your business because then they would say like, oh, he's also doing this cool podcast with this creator. Yeah. But most of the, the time, those are the clients that you're not very like paid very well. Yeah. yeah so you have to yeah. like find clients that uh, like pay you the actual amount that you also like put in into like your working time. And I think that helps you already like to cross out a lot of like paths. Yeah. So yeah. whenever like I also like the first meetings that I had with my business coach, he said like, okay, the, all the things that you're doing, basically you're telling me you have four different businesses. Yeah. Choose one. Yeah. yeah. And then choose the, and then choose focus. your game yeah. and play to win. And I think that this is really something that helps you a lot to really decide of like what kind of path to choose, like to maybe like of course chase a little bit the money but choose really the path that is like uh, uh, profitable and of course it doesn't apply to any idea right but i think if you should if you start a business um you should also do it for um like earning money right yeah. and then you take away a little bit the romantic um aspect of like um a business that it has to be passion and this all cool and fun and games but i do in the think in the end you have to live from it right and if not, then probably you should start a non-profit, which is then a complete different thing um, on itself, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, upon checking your uh, LinkedIn, you mentioned that you are now a podcast consultant. Now, podcasting probably has been around for a while, but it's only really gotten popular, at least in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, in like the past five, six years, something like that. Why did you end up choosing to consult others rather than solely focus on your own podcast? Um, I think there, again, <laughs> I think about the, the profitability. I think there's currently like such a big market share that can be gained in the podcast market. There's um, very little knowledge like on the company side about podcasting. Um, but what I think the like future potential of podcasting is like reached maybe like 20-30% currently. Yeah. So if you look, uh, I said it before already, like if you look at like the attention span of the people, it goes down and down and down and down. Um, and I think that this whole mental well-being, um, like being on your phone, will, yeah. like digital well-being, um, I think is a common term that's used there, 
um, is, is becoming more and more important, which means that people will spend less time on their phone, they will maybe cancel uh, uh, social media apps or you will maybe limit your time on social media for one hour. The apps that get smarter and smarter, so you cannot just say like, oh, remind me in 15 minutes or give me one more minute or yeah. ignore the yeah, limit yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's very easy. Like you can click it away, but actually like it's locked. So you it's done for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You decided this, right? Yeah, you exactly. Like a, yeah. So you made bad choices already, okay? It, it, <laughs> exactly. But, but, yeah. but I think that at one point this will become like a very important part and I think the generations to come, they get much more aware of this like kind of like spending your time as it should be and spending your time together so brands in future have to like find touch points with their future clients where they are not intruding yeah and i think podcasting is like one of the best uh, tools to do it because if you look at the podcast how it is used now and where people consume podcasts it is most of the time in the times where they're actually like off the phone yeah and on their own while yeah. they go for a walk while they clean while they drive the car <laughs> while they commute so yeah. it's, it's actually not the time where they actively saying like oh I want to see something on my screen but it's actually the time where they are um, yeah on their own with themselves trying to get value out of something Yeah. and then if a brand steps into a podcast and then can add value to your life yeah, then I think you you win in, in the sweet spot exactly and then yeah. I think this is a very powerful tool basically to um, yeah to convey your your brand message and however you you are doing this um, and yeah, I think that this is really like a, a future development that we will see like much, much more. Yeah. But uh, I think that you have to start now because you have to start building a relationship. Building, exactly, you have yeah. to experiment because also like in the beginnings of Google and Facebook, it was also all an experiment, right? People yeah. were just saying, oh, let's bid on this keyword. Let's just bid on this keyword. Let's do that. Let's uh, put this ad campaign out. But then now they realize, wow, this was, we spent, a, we wasted a lot of money because the keywords were maybe too, too like broad. Uh, broad yeah, and, exactly, you yeah. know? and I think that's the same with uh, podcasting as well, that they have to now like start building a relationship, but then realizing later, oh, maybe this was too broad. Maybe we have to narrow it down. Maybe we have to focus only on our target yeah. group. And that's why I chose um also to be a podcast consultant because okay. I think there's like a huge market gap um, that is, um, yeah, an open, opportunity op open now and yeah. uh, will be yeah, much bigger in the, in, the, in the future. That makes sense. Um, in that role, though, as consultant, obviously you're giving advice to quite a lot of, yeah, well, established companies. Some guys working probably with like 20, 30 years of experience in marketing or whatever it might be. Does imposter syndrome ever get in the way there? Do you ever like, always. yeah, yeah. Always. How do you deal with that? Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. but it's really like it's always like I, I always have this feeling like it's that you say something you you think like ah, okay like is it hundred percent true like yeah. But I think everyone has this, and I think once you accept that, uh, I heard a really nice saying which is called. Um, uh, you always have to remember that uh, the other people are also living for the first time. Yeah. And I think that describes very well that like this imposter syndrome, like everyone has this feeling. Everyone yeah. has this feeling of, oh, maybe I'm at the right wrong spot. Oh, maybe I'm not 100% uh, uh, convinced. But I, but I think uh, if you look at Richard Branson or if people uh, for people like this, they also say like just accept the job and like learn it on the way. And that's basically what I did in the beginning. And uh, now it's much more established, of course. So now like you do know what you you talk about. But the beginnings, I was 
telling yeah. a lot of things that I had no idea of that was actually true, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, then yeah. Uh, if you had someone in the room who was a little bit experienced with podcasts, but I read, uh, then, you know, like you got into kind of like awkward situations. Yeah. But that's nice because you you learn then basically on the job uh, how to also like fake it yeah. uh, and maybe also experience a little bit, okay, who's in the room who knows thing about podcasting, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think imposter syndrome... Uh, for me, like it's always there. Like yeah. I always wonder, like oh, like oh, at one point someone will someone will expose me or something. I so you don't, you also don't feel like that it has necessarily decreased now that no. you've been doing it for a bit longer. No, I think you just tend to ignore it because yeah, you yeah. know this feeling is there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, and and I think because I, I I do believe that's also one of the many things that people that stops people, you know, again from chasing this yeah. passion or whatever it is because they believe, ah, who am I to talk about this topic for whatever yeah. reason? So. Yeah, to then I'm trying to figure out obviously how do you how do you navigate that? How do you like just say, you know what? I might not, but who else is going to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's it's like to, to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. I think that's yeah. that's basically the the only summary of Yeah, the only way to do it and and um like I found out um very recently that I, I always thought I have like there like those two kinds of mindsets. There's like a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And I always thought I have this growth mindset and that I'm yeah, you know, yeah. like the creative guy. But then when I read about the, the, the fixed mindset, then I was like thinking, wow, actually a lot of like my characteristics are as a fixed mindset, which means uh, I'm not super hyped to always put myself out there. I'm not super hyped to um, put myself into uncomfortable situations, but rather like uh, cancel events or say like, ah, well, well, it's not so important to network or to, to go out yeah. or whatever, you know? And I think um, that this really changed. So when I get now opportunities, most of the time I um, like I score the kind of importance of the event. Um, and if you score in general, it's a very good rule that you skip the number seven. So you cannot get, give a seven. So for example, if there's an event, I say like, how important is it this event for my business without giving a seven? Okay, right? yeah, so yeah. it's either like yeah. an eight or yeah. it's in six. And if it's in six, it's like, mm, is maybe not so it? important. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I should go. But if it's an eight, I have to go. And then there's also no fixed mindset that can tell me like, yeah. oh, maybe you shouldn't go or you have yeah. like a birthday to attend or something else or you have to, to walk your dog uh, yeah. because there's always something that you can do instead, right? Or I have to edit a podcast. But I think, yeah, sometimes it's just like forcing yourself into those situations and then you will always have such a reward from it. Like, yeah. But of course, yeah. it helps. Like, I mean, I interviewed now like 100 people I recorded well over 200, 250 episodes. Like it helps, of course, like with talking, it helps like when you get into the situation of um, like talking to people, like having small talk and all those kind of things. It helps massively if you've done it many, many times, right? Yeah. And you just get better at it. Yeah. You get better at faking. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, makes, that makes sense. So is there any piece of like insight that you received from all of your guests that you have interviewed by now that really stuck with you the most? Uh, stuck with me the most that's a good question mm. I think one one was definitely like uh, consistency is key um, I think probably it's going to be like a top three because uh, it's uh, uh, also interviewed a lot of yeah, guests exactly, so. Yeah, so, so I, <laughs> that's I think understandable that's, but I think consistency is key I think this was like the common theme with all the people that I interviewed like and it was artists and magicians and business owners and whatever creators and all of them said basically like the more 
repetitive I've done something I got better at it like the rule of 10,000 hours and so on and so on so like the more you do things the better you get Um, and the more consistent you do things the more successful you will be it's just basically like repeating it until it works out yeah um, so I think this would be definitely like number one if I have to like uh, pin pin down uh, another one a quote that I really liked that was uh, you as a human you are enough for people to be interested in uh, because I think this is sometimes we forget this a little bit um, that your story really matters right every single person has like this unique story um, that is your own uh, it's not you you cannot copy it no one has experienced exactly the same similar but never exactly the same but we tend to play it down and we always think, oh, it's not so important or I'm not so interesting that I can can share it. But I think it's really important to uh, remember uh, that you are a very yeah. interesting person and that you you can share your story and that people will actually be interested because they will resonate with you. And the ones that do, they are right now the creator economy, the influencers yeah. that basically do that, right? Like why are influencers big? Because they just found a ton of people that can resonate exactly what they are saying. Yeah. They give an insight into their life. They, uh, I don't know, they are creative or they are, um, I don't know, they have um, mental health issues or whatever they they have. They're a lot of times standing for like a, a, a purpose or they live a life that I want to have and that's why maybe I'm following them, right? Yeah. And that's basically why people have big followings because those are the people that stepped over their, their shadow uh, and said like, well, I'm going to share now what I've experienced. Yeah. I'm interesting interesting enough for people to be interested in. Yeah. And I think that this is something that we forget a lot of times that, yeah, that basically they also just started. And a lot of times creators, influencers, and those people, they are very introverted people. Once you get to know them, once you like talk to them, you figure out like, hey, this is not this guy. But once they put up the camera and say like, hey guys, yeah. you're like, whoa, like who's yeah. this person? So it's a lot of times also like playing a role in yeah. in this whole like creator economy. Yeah. Okay. I think that that leads us already to the last question, and that is, what does the future hold for Marcus Engel? <laughs> That's always a, a very difficult one. Um, but I think just uh, continuing to reinvent the wheel. I think that's. Yeah, focus, reinventing the wheel. Um, I think that's what I want to do. Like uh, tell many, many more stories. I think that's always very beautiful. Um, growing the the podcast agency, um, getting married as one point, of course. It's a big <laughs> uh, one. Also, also a big one. Yeah. yeah, and then of course, like yeah, staying healthy. I think that's the most important uh, thing above all. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, also like a no-brainer. Uh, but still, I think needs to be said. Yeah. Um, yeah, and hopefully just doing fun, cool things in, in life. Uh, I I switched things around so many times and I think that's also a little bit like I hate waiting. So that's also a little bit like a, a negative point, you know, so I get bored quite quickly. Okay, yeah. But so far, like with the podcast business, it's so dynamic. You meet so many different people. Yeah. I cannot really see how I get ever bored of this because yeah. it's not really repetitive work, even though that the work itself, like the setup, the yeah, podcast, yeah. the asking yeah. questions. But every conversation takes such an interesting turn, right? As yeah. you said in the beginning, hey, the first question, are you happy? Like this can define like how our whole conversation goes, right? Exactly. If I would have said, well, I'm actually quite depressed. <laughs> you know, would it would have been have, an entirely different conversation. It would have been a, a different conversation exactly. and a much more difficult conversation because then you're like, oh, should we do the podcast? Yeah, sure, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I think that this is like the, the, the cool thing as well that kind of 
that determines like how you go through life and that determines like how yeah, your life is determined and yeah. are you actively taking part in your life or yeah. are you watching it from the second row and I think yeah. that's the most important thing to remember to always summarizes this very nicely yeah so with that I want to thank you for sharing your story for You're a welcome. change thanks and, for uh, yeah thanks thank for you. having me it was, a, it was a pleasure